0: to the Learning Reinvented podcast, brought to you by myself, Katie Gordon, and the team at The Learning Effect. There are lots of learning podcasts out there, so we wanted to do something slightly different. This week, we'll be looking at embedding learning into our everyday lives. I'm delighted to welcome Kevin Redmond to the podcast. Kevin, what, do you want to introduce yourself and tell our listeners a little bit about your background and what you're currently up to?
1: Yeah, so I am based in uh, Dublin, here in Ireland, and Uh, I'm the founder and and CEO of a company called Tribal, which is short for tribe of learning, or tribal, tribe of learners really, but tribe of learning is the official um, line. And um, my background, I suppose, I I started my professional life as as, um, an electronic engineer, and um, I worked at that for maybe 20 minutes before I realized this isn't for me. And when I was in college um, getting that degree, I rather than getting a, a job in a in a bar or a restaurant or something, I started to teach. Um I think I think I don't know if, if everyone else calls it grinds. We got like private tutoring, like I'd go to a teenager's house and show them quadratic equations kind of thing. And I made an awful lot of money doing that. It was unreal the amount of uh, it's still to this day the most uh disposable cash I've ever had in my life, I think, is when I was doing those, uh, that t- t- tutoring. But another thing that happened while I was doing that is I fell in love with teaching. I, I fell in love with the concept of getting something from my head into somebody else's head and became like a like a problem to be solved every time. And finished my degree and I went straight then into into teaching. I became, actually went to Wales to Aberystwyth and went to um, to, to study to become a maths and a physics teacher came back and I worked at that over here for um, a few years. And then I, w- I worked for a company delivering um, study skills. So we're, we used to teach m- mind maps and memory techniques and uh, all, all real strategy, I suppose, for, for students to to learn and show them how their brains worked, essentially, and show them that their memory is perfectly fine. life It was a very rewarding job because it was very um, it was a way to validate the students. But something interesting happened in parallel with that. And that is that I started, so I was working as a a contractor for that company, which meant I had time to do other things as well. And I started to develop content for professionals. So leadership skills, communication skills, persuasion. And and I wasn't just basing it on nothing. I actually had a a, a side business at the time as well. Um, I was on Dragon's Den actually, and uh, in the Irish version of Dragon's Den with that, but it's it's a whole other story. But I... So I had some background in understanding sales and persuasion and that kind of thing. And what I realized is that with those two things happening in parallel, that I was delivering study skills like memory techniques, showing students and parents and teachers how to to memorize content and how to retain it in their head. I was then going and delivering content into companies and what they really wanted was for somebody to stand in front of you know, 10 or 12 people for four hours and talk about persuasion, talk about leadership, talk about whatever. And there was no, there was no backup. There was no, um no follow-up to reinforce the content. There was no way of checking that there was a transfer of learning, that anyone actually learned anything. And I always knew that. And I I kind of, I always wanted to kind of put the two things together, but there wasn't really an appetite for it then. People just wanted, no, we just need to tick this box and come in and and, and talk to the, to the the employees for you know four hours about whatever they wanted me to talk about and i'd tell great stories and i'd use analogies and statistics and facts and humor and i'd engage them and, and it would all be great and the feedback would be amazing i'd get you know really good feedback on the on the content but i knew in the back of my head from my older job that they were they were not going to remember not not only were they not going to remember anything they they wouldn't even remember i was there in two weeks time or three weeks time so anyway this went around in my head for for years, I ended up going to work for an e-learning company, then a startup, and learned a huge amount then about the online space and how all that works. But I still had this in the back of my head that the way training is being delivered into companies is just inefficient. And because it's inefficient, um, there's it becomes a tick-the-box exercise. It becomes something that uh, people just get through, and uh, it's a hidden hope. They just, It's a Hail Mary. They just hope some of it sticks. And... Working with the e-learning company, knowing about the, the the memory techniques, understanding that you know the way people were delivering content wasn't working. This went around and around in my head, like I said, and I I started a company, probably I half started a company, I would say maybe four years ago, four and a half years ago, and you can I think you can probably still find some of the content out there. It was called Use Because, and there's a story why, but I called it Use Because, but. I never really committed to it because I didn't have anyone else with me and but I what that did for me is it allowed me to build a, a philosophy of what professional education should be and what it should look like and as frustrating as it was for those few years ago still you know young kids and mortgage and all that like everybody like a lot of people had to keep the lights on at home so I couldn't go into it full time by myself I didn't know how to build the website didn't know you know how to do all the the, the back end things but I knew I was developing a philosophy of, of what the education should look like end-to-end end. and I come up with a very simple three pillar philosophy if, if you like and it's this that you have to understand your newly acquired knowledge you have to remember it and you have to deliberately practice it and explain what I mean by each of those things you have to understand like say for example and I'll I'll talk a little bit about where our content comes from but uh, it's 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 books, and I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But one of the most famous self-help books or um, business books is the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. One of the, the first habit in that is to be proactive. So what we want to do with our platform at Tribal is we want to make sure that people understand how they can apply, for example, be proactive, to their professional and to their personal lives. So how? So we we put we present it to them in a way that they're able to think. Oh, I know I know where I could put that. I know what I could do with that. That's the first step to, to to really learning something is to understand it and understand where you you could apply it in your own life. The second thing then to remember it doesn't mean remember it written in a notebook somewhere or saved in a Google Drive somewhere. You have to remember that the moment of truth. So when you're in a, the middle of a sales conversation, or when you are uh, having a difficult conversation, of when, when you're direct reports, or in the middle of um, a hiring process with a new candidate or something, you have to, you have, to have it at, uh, in your mind, in your head. And the third thing you need to do then is to, not just practice, but to deliberately practice. You need to go out into the big bad world and decide when and where I'm going to practice being proactive, for example, and then what you need to do is after you've deliberately practiced it you need to reflect on it you need to decide well did that go well is that something that resonates with me because i this is like a a hunch i don't really have anything to back this next bit up with but i think it's just as important to discard information as it is to retain it so let's say for example like be proactive i think everyone could probably find a way to to uh, apply that to their lives but there, there could be some other you know leadership. Um, characteristic that just doesn't resonate with you or something and you need to decide is that is that something I can use? Should I kind of try and do that more and more or should I do it less and less? Am I, am I being too empathetic? Say for example, am I being too soft with my team? Something like that. So I think it's just as important to discard something as it is to. um, As to keep it as to add it to your toolkit. So the the use because. Um, business for my own kind of mental health if you like I had to kind of stop that because it wasn't going anywhere and something happened in my head about a year ago I don't know something just clicked and I said that's it this is this is what I'm doing now I'm I'm not going to do it 20 percent I'm going to do that 100 percent and it was all it was a strange thing that You know, you read about it a lot in books about um, people just getting to that moment of truth or that moment of decision and things just start falling into place within three months. I had two co-founders, one tech person, Brian and uh, Jonathan, who's doing um, sales and marketing and um, people have we we had a platform built within a, a few weeks because I knew exactly what it should be. I knew exactly where everything should go. I had started to build content. Um, and then people started paying us, like almost immediately. And even yesterday, somebody from a very big company found me uh, through LinkedIn and is very excited because we are the solution to his problem. And he had the exact same problem that I mentioned at the start there, that, uh, tra- that the way they were delivering training wasn't working and, and he knew that, that his employees were just trying to get through the content, just trying to get through that two hour session. And it wasn't working, so it's not needed. And, and if anything, the fine thing that the pandemic has accelerated the, 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 the need for um, digital solutions. So I think we're, I think we've arrived at a at a good time. The long answer to a very short question
0: that was but very interesting as well so (laughs) so you kind of like uh spoken about um setting up tribal etc so Mm. how did you kind of take that I know you said about the three pillars and yeah and kind of developing that and then having your 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 previous company and then setting up tribal etc but how did you kind of create and develop that and put that into kind of the online space I guess
1: well um When I first started with use because I was, I I had, I suppose, the bones of those three pillars. I had an idea that, you know, you needed to present something to somebody that they could learn, that they could begin the learning process with. And so my background was, and I guess still is, in in, uh, instructional design, so just creating e-learning content. And I'm quite good at it. I'm quite good at making it engaging and, you know, uh, get to the point, all that kind of stuff. But it was definitely not scalable for what I was trying to do. And that's when something clicked. And that's when that's when use because went away and when tribal started. Because I realized that the three pillars kind of solidified in my mind about what learning actually is. Now and I'm definitely open to to disagreement on the on the three pillars. But I mean I, I think for a high level it kind of makes sense. But um and I and I understood that the the, the first one is to understand i didn't need to create e-learning content i can just say it all into a microphone and just um you know get to the point quicker um and that's worked really well so the understand part for us happens through a podcast so i that before we started tribal i i didn't this is a this is a a, a good thing for um for anyone who's thinking about starting a business is just start like i i started recording podcasts just talking about books that really kind of resonated with me. Not knowing what I was doing with the content, just knowing that it's probably going to turn into something eventually, but I don't know what and it's almost like a leap of faith you have to take to just I don't know why I'm doing this, but I just just I have to do something. I have to just start and that's what I did. So I started. So I started recording podcasts. um, Like I said, not knowing what I was going to do with them, but knowing that the next two pillars were to help people remember and to help people to um, deliberately practice. And um, there was a guy, Brian, who's my, one of my co-founders. Um, we worked together for that e-learning company I mentioned. And he was um, a web developer and web designer. So I had asked him before and he wasn't available. And the second time I asked him, he was available. So he came on like really quickly. And I was able to explain to him the concept that I put forward here. Um, the, the remember part then presents itself in Uh, summaries or spaced repetition summaries. So as soon as somebody's listened to one of our podcasts, they can hit a button that starts a timer. And what that timer does then is 24 hours after they've listened to the podcast, they get a mind map sent to them and that mind map is just really quick, brief. um, Don't forget this is what was covered in the podcast kind of thing. A week after that then they get a, a video, a 60 second video or 90 second video, some of them. And again, same thing. This is what was covered in the podcast. And the third thing then is a cheat sheet so they get a week after that again. And all of them link back then to the action log where they go and decide on the time and the place. So it's literally just they log in and they pick one of the key takeaways from a book. And they um, go and deliberately practice it and then it just all flows from there. So all of the stuff we've built is off the shelf at the moment. We're, we're because we are still fairly new. We're looking to um, you know, looking for investment obviously like a lot of startups, but we want to make sure that what we're building is actually specifically going to solve the problem that we think it solves. So um, everything is off the shelf on WordPress at the moment, but. Um, I think I think a lot of companies kind of get bogged down and trying to build their tech stack, but you know a lot of the things you, you can build a lot just by kind of being clever with off the shelf stuff. So I'm putting in some proper uh, spade work, you know, so. Um, how we built it was like it, it, a lot of it, a lot of it kind of just came from. Actually, I'll go I'll go back a step. You know, I'm just I'm sitting here looking at my bookshelves and I'm thinking <laughs> one of the things I wanted when I started use because is I wanted to get paid to read books like my default setting is to. Uh, <laughs> if I'm left alone, it'll be a coffee, a chair and a book, uh, generally nonfiction books, and that's like my default setting and that that's. That's that was one of my starting points, and that's why we kind of use books to, as the as the starting point. And the way I kind of think of it is that all of these books, like The Seven Habits, are you know influenced by um, Robert Cialdini, and um, what else can I say there? Um, the Freakonomics. We haven't done that one yet. Uh, to Sell as Human, uh, Daniel H. Pink. The, all of these books, it's there's a lifetime of value in those books. There's a lifetime of knowledge in those books if you can unlock it for people correctly. So that's what I wanted to do, and that's that's why we um, we use books as our starting point, is because it's a lifetime of knowledge, like I said, and um, we want to present it to people in a way that allows them to to learn quickly without taking massive amounts of time uh, out of their day to to do it. So.
0: That's great. So it sounds like, um, obviously, uh, you found the right experts to work with you uh, and you found that expertise to kind of develop those bits. Are there any parts of this that didn't go to plan um, during that development phase?
1: No, everything's gone perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, of course, like, like any any business has gone to, um, y- you have to kind of fail forward, I think, is, and I hate kind of using some of those cliches sometimes, but... I'm a big believer that things are cliches because they're true. They stick around because they're, they're real. Um, yeah, like they say that they, they use because that, that was like three years of my life. And I, you know, I, I, I talk a lot about, um, what I call invisible hours. These, the, the hours that you put into something that, um, don't result in what you, what you hope it'll result in. And I, I've explained this to, to, you know, I've mentored a few people and and, and that I like kind of like, you can kind of explain this concept of invisible hours and like, in, in general terms, but in specific terms, like if you think about what my, my day used to be like, I would have a full-time job, I'd come home, I'd have, I still have young kids and I'd be back in the day, they were even younger and I'd be putting them to bed or giving them bottles and all that kind of stuff. And then you have your own dinner and then it's like, Seven or half seven or eight o'clock in the evening, and it's at that point you have to open your laptop, doing work that may or may not be uh, like you could do work that nobody cares about. You you could spend months trying to put together some um some concept of what your business is going to be or creating content or whatever, and you can put it out there into the world, and it's crickets. You know, it's tumbleweed. Nobody cares. Th- that's that's a very very difficult thing for a lot of. People to deal with, I think, and it, I would always say to anyone who's thinking about starting a business is to be go in with your eyes open that you might do all this work, and it might not result in what you hope it results in. You might not even get close. You nobody might care. So, and that's what it was like with you, because for a long time that I I was doing work, hoping it would turn into something, and it didn't. But then. It came, those kind of things that it comes back to. Fundamentally comes down to the story that you tell yourself about what's possible for you and as wishy washy as that might sound, that is where it begins. You know, sometimes you hear it when you're a kid, like, well, why not you? Why can't you be, um, you know, professional athlete or whatever? You have to, you have to start with the story that you tell yourself about what's possible for you. And once once you get that right in your head, and once I had accepted that I'm doing this work for me first and foremost, I'm doing it knowing, I'm going into doing this work knowing that this might not turn into anything, this might not become what I think it's going to become, nobody might care. And if I, I was able to make peace with that, and once I was able to make peace with that, and decided I was I was doing this work for me first and foremost. That's when the podcast started. That's when um, my two co-founders just kind of popped up out of nowhere. That's when, I wouldn't say customers are flocking to us, but that's when, you know, people started to kind of ask questions about what we were doing and, um, you know, started to put a toe in the water with us. It's not like it's, that's not guaranteed to happen, Franklin, but something just changed in my head. So those failures, are um they're real they're necessary and they're unavoidable i think um the the e-learning stuff that was probably a year of my life trying to convert business books into e-learning content that i still have on a google drive all um articulate storyline files like some of them are just a massive web of interconnected uh scenes that all work very well but totally unscalable. So they were the kind of things I was doing at the beginning was in the evenings opening my laptop, trying to figure out why a trigger wasn't working or something or um, you know, why this wasn't connecting to and, and then doing all that work thinking nobody might care about this. Like I'm this might go nowhere. So and they like I'm at a stage now I think with Having run businesses myself before, and 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 working on tribal now, that failures happen, and I just I just like water off a duck's back. I just whatever. Like that's we try things all the time, but don't work. Or you reach out to somebody you think could be, you know, a great guest on the podcast, or um, you know somebody you'd like to partner with, or something, and they don't even answer your email. So those those failures happen like constantly. Like so. It's just like like I said at the start. you just need to fail forward and just kind of um, I don't know. Just it's just accept it's 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 part of the game.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's part and parcel of having your own business. Um, uh, and those those kind of hidden hours that you were talking about is. Uh, You have to test in and learn from what will work, what won't work, and not every business is the same. So one business might do something and it really works well for them, but for other businesses that are set up differently, it might not. Um, But that is kind of part and parcel of that, and you have to have that um, patience and desire to kind of make it work, I think.
1: Do you know what it comes down to as well, Katie? It comes down to you know the the Simon Sinek book. Do you ever read that one, uh, Start With Why? The people buy why you do something. They buy what and how you do after that, and that's that was like a big thing for me. Is that why am I doing this? Like, what is the purpose of me? Like, why don't I just get a job as a as a, an instructional designer, and um, settle into it? And I worked for um, Salesforce, an amazing company, and there was a career path laid out for me. I could have got promoted and got promoted again, and it just just wasn't resonating with me. And I remember. That book, Start With Why, was a big one for me. That, like, why do I want to start? Why am I so determined to start my own business? And then, actually, it wasn't to start my own business. That that was never my goal. I shouldn't have said that because that's not what I was trying to do. My goal is, was, and always will be, is to be the best teacher in the world. That's That's what I'm striving for. Being an entrepreneur is the necessary vehicle for me to achieve that because I wasn't going to achieve it under the umbrella of another company, but as long as as, as well as um, start with why there was another book I read called Mastery by Robert Green. Now I've recommended that book to people. <laughs> friends of mine actually have bought it and that's not really for them. There was the very kind of dense and heavy book and but in this book Mastery he talks about your life's task, right? So there is a. There's a, a set of experiences that you've had. There's knowledge that you've gained, and there's things that you're interested in. And all of those things together, they gather up into something that's kind of niche and uh, unique to you. And your life's task is to, is to basically find and pursue that thing, whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be an entrepreneur. It doesn't necessarily mean um, it has to be career focused. But that book is about mastery, and it's about why is it that we still talk about Leonardo da Vinci you know, centuries after he died? What was it about him that, um, that 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 made him master so many different areas, or Mozart, or he? They he, in the book he talks about. I can't remember the the, the people's names now because they're they're still alive and, and doing their thing. But he he talks about other people who have mastered things in in the in the modern age, and what is it that they've done? And one of the things he talks about is this this idea of your life's task, is to find out what. What it is, what what those things are, your your knowledge and your experiences and your, um, uh, your interests, and he gives a really good starting point. So the book is kind of laid out into like you know how to find what you should apprentice in, how to run your apprenticeship, um, how to find masters or or, or mentors to learn from, and then how to kind of you know go against the grain then. But one of the things he talks about is to find your life's task which is really really interesting was to think about what you are interested in around about the age of seven or eight and the reason he says like that's obviously like a, a vague enough age like it could be anywhere between six and ten really but he says around that age that you you're probably getting a little bit more freedom from your parents or your guardians whoever is minding you that you could like say my, my, my own eldest daughter. Now she she's allowed out without us, like she goes out to play by herself. Around that age you start to get that little bit more freedom. You probably don't have a mortgage at the age of eight, so you are free from any real um responsibilities, so you'll naturally gravitate towards something so. It could be that you're interested in nature. It could be that you're interested in playing computer games or video games or you, you could I just I just like watching TV, whatever, but it's not just necessarily about what you're interested in. It's the feeling that that thing gives you. And he gives an example of um, of Einstein when he was five. His dad gave him a, a compass like a, a north, south, east, west compass. Uh, and Einstein was just his mind was blown that there was this invisible force that was acting on the needle making it point north and he's like he just could not get his head around this force that he couldn't see or feel was acting on this needle and that so einstein himself said that that was the beginning for him that led him down the path of being a physicist and even einstein himself would say that he he wasn't the smartest person even though like you know we kind of hold him up as being Einstein essentially, but he would say that he wasn't smart in anyone else. He just would stay with a problem for longer, and his starting point was that idea of um just these invisible forces. And he just he just wanted to know more about it. So, um, my my business, like another thing as well, I read this. This is um, all getting very deep, Katie. But I'll I'll go with it. And um, another thing I remember, I don't know if I read it or I heard it. I might have done both, but it was Tony Robbins who's a bit of um. He can be a bit divisive. Some people think he's you know, full of full rubbish. Other people think he's brilliant, but he has some good points and he has this 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 uh, course called uh, Business Mastery and he said everyone who owns or runs a business should ask themselves two questions and the first question is what business am I in? And. When I thought about that, I thought I, th- I think well, I'm an ed tech company. We, you know, we uh, Provide soft skill training for individuals and in whatever way you want to phrase it. But the second question is, what business are you really in? And he said, that's 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 what's going to drive the company. Um, without writing values on a wall or, or um, you know, coming up with a fancy mission statement, what business are you really in? And my answer to that: the reason that Tribal exists is to light the path to inner peace for anyone who might be looking. As and I like I said as. Like it's an ed tech company and we're a startup and, you know, it's a digital platform and whatever. But that's that's my driving force to be the best teacher in the world so that I can light the path for people to inner peace, both professionally and personally. And I think for me, it's in books. It's in it's it's unlocking the the knowledge of other people's lives that they've put into books. So um, I can't even remember your question now, Katie, but I, I think I've vaguely answered it.
0: No, I think you have definitely. So, what do you think the future for Tribal will be?
1: Um, the Netflix of personal development. That's that's what I'm like. I was only I was only laughing with my co-founders yesterday. We were, uh, t- we're kind of getting to a point where there's like money arriving in the bank account that I control, and um, just because I set up the company, you know, and um. We were laughing about, you know, exits and stuff. Anyone who's into startups, like everyone loves an exit. I have no interest in exiting this company ever. Like I, 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 I often have said to my wife, like my wife jokes like about, you know, buying new houses and cars and stuff. And I'm like, well, if I, if I was to sell tribal, I would just start it again. I just, I don't know what else to do. Like I, I, this is, this is my life's task is to, is to use this as a vehicle to be the best teacher in the world. What the what that looks like i don't know like I, I i want to keep doing what we're doing i want to obviously expand into um more companies i want to um offer more solutions to to people who are looking for them what the future looks like i don't know like i i, I just at the moment things are going well we have a, a plan um but i know that my my in, my intrinsic motivation is uh unquenchable really it's it's not it's not something I'm doing just to make a quick book. I, I genuinely want to connect with our customers. I genuinely want to connect with the with the users beyond those customers, the individuals who are using our platform. I want to I want to have deep conversations with them about what we're doing, what what more we can offer and um, how we can do it. Um, there's a there's a big movement at the moment about, you know, bringing your whole self to work. And so I think we've arrived at the right time for that is and especially with you know, the last couple of years that have, you know, turned everyone's lives upside down. Um. You know, everyone has been on a a, a video call where kids have walked in or the cat has walked across the keyboard or something like and it, there's no point pretending that we're we're two different people when we're in work as, as opposed to when we're at home. So I believe that what we're offering allows somebody to. Develop themselves personally which will automatically transfer into developing developing themselves professionally. Like there should be no separation and there isn't any separation. But I think before we used to pretend there was like you know you, you I'm not saying you should, you know, be a slob on you know when you show up in the office or something, but like you can still present yourself professionally, but I think you should be your authentic selves. And I think what our platform offers and will continue to offer is, um, is a way for people to, to kind of look inward, um, ra- rather than, you know, like say, say for example, somebody who's interested in being being in sales. Say somebody is twenty three or twenty four and are just out of college and they think, they think they want to go into sales. They need to look intrinsically. They need to look inwards to, to what it means, so that they can genuinely present a solution to a customer rather than trying to use persuasion techniques to to separate the, the customer from their money. They're the kind of people we want to talk to. They're the kind of people we want to, to use our platform is to understand how to actively listen, how to ask open-ended questions, how to really get behind uh, an objection that, that a customer might have. Like it's one of those classic things at sales if somebody says no to you that sometimes it just means tell me more. It's not about separating somebody from their money. It's that I, just, I haven't given them enough comfort yet. It's those kinds of things that 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 we want to continue to present to people. And and I don't think our our job will ever be done. I don't think we'll ever be finished because there'll always be more people who are um, looking to learn. So um, that's a vague answer to your question. But specifically, we will we're just going to keep building content. We're going to. Um, I so was actually thinking about starting a book club um, as well. I think that's what I'd like to do. Uh, books and beer. I think I'll do it like seven o'clock in the evening and uh, set a book or get somebody to vote on a book, bring along a couple of alcoholic beverages, if that's your thing, and uh, talk about a book for, for an hour. Um, I want to do mystery books. I want to, because uh, I think I think people do judge book a book by its cover because that's what the cover is for. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to do a mystery book on the podcast where, we talk about a book, but you don't find out the name of the book until the end of the podcast. We want to do mashups. So say for example, this is something I noticed fairly early on when I started reading these books specifically for the podcast. Um, you, you could read two books on negotiation that say the exact opposite to each other. So who's right? Like, They can't both be right or can they? So I want to do mashups where we'll get people to read um, a book each and then come and basically argue their side about what's right, and what's wrong. But the thing is, what I notice about, you know, negotiation, say for example, is that it depends on the situation. So it depends on. um, You know, on who you're talking to, how well you know them, and so on and so forth. So this is the thing about the soft skills or the behavioral skills as we like to call them. They are. When you're teaching it to somebody, the way and the way our platform is built is it'll teach it to you. um. Uh, discreetly like an adult. I, I don't know if that's a, a word that everyone uses. Um, I use it mathematically. Discreetly means like individual points. I learned that doing an engineering degree, but as opposed to continuously, right? So just disc- discreetly would mean um, we'll teach you be proactive, think win-win, begin with the end in mind. We'll teach them to individually, but in reality, in the real world, you have to um, these all these things all kind of mash over each other and kind of you know all kind of blend together. So uh, you have to you have to unlock these things one bit at a time. You have to look at the, the conflicts and you have to um, figure that out in real time. Sometimes there's a great book actually we covered on the podcast called um, "The Dichotomy of Leadership" by uh, Jocko Willink, who is a former Navy SEAL commander, and he talks about that exact thing. But when it comes to leadership, do I like one just off the top of my head is, um, do, I, do I train this person or do I fire them? And that's like a dichotomy of like, well, it's two ends of the scale there. Wh- which one do I do? And a lot of the time leadership is about finding that balance or kind of, you know, making those decisions in real time. So, our company is going to be the Netflix of personal development. That's the, the short answer.
0: That's great. It's really uh, interesting and quite refreshing to talk to someone that's so passionate about their business and <laughs> what they're actually delivering. Thank you very much, Kevin, for joining me. If people want to connect with you or find out more about you and about Tribal, how do they get in touch?
1: Um, well, the, the website is mytribal.com uh, and actually a customer asked us yesterday. I said, well, mytribal.com cost eight euro tribal.com cost 5000 euro so we were like wow tribal. Yeah. yeah and it's actually do you know what, another thing as well um one of my pet hates with uh, with startups is when they spell the name of their startup wrong you know like they drop out all the the vowels or something but then i spell tribal wrong because it's it's t- lcom um, com, so my tribal.com um, and the reason I did it that way is because it's short for tribe of learners. So I kind of I slightly hate myself for it, but also makes sense. So I had to do it. So yeah, you could just g- get on there or you can just email me directly at kevin at mytribal.com and uh, we would be delighted to talk to anyone who wants to talk to us essentially.
0: Awesome, that's great. We'll add those links to the show notes below and uh, thank it. you again for joining
1: me. That's no, great Katie. Um, it's um been lovely to talk to you and thanks very much for having me on.
0: Thank you.